Dyson Show. I'm Melinda. Today, we are so fortunate to have with us a fabulous life coach and my aunt, Molly <laughs> Buchanan. Hi. Welcome, Molly. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Me too. So, I know you have got wellness on your shirt. I do. <laughs> Tell everyone a little bit about your background. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think let's talk about the mental health background. Yes. Okay. That's what I mean. <laughs> so, I uh, became an elementary school counselor. And uh, in back when we were doing desegregation, uh, went into some of the lower socioeconomic, you know, schools in Dallas. And I wanted to work with elementary students, probably more so when they said, you want to do high school counseling or elementary? I chose elementary because I wanted to do preventive counseling. Mm -hmm. And so I began that journey. And then I was asked to design and implement the first developmental guidance program in DISD back wow. in the... 70s actually so that kind of began my journey with mental health from there at some point I decided to go into private practice and became a therapist and opened Park City's Counseling Center and that was about a 25-year journey in that period of time I also did a lot of counseling and consultation with school counselors so I began to uh, focus on the wellness of the counselor. Oh, yes, that's important. And that kind of, you know, sped me along. <laughs> and then, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, I decided to transition into life coaching, um, partially because I wanted just to work with people that knew they had a direction and it was a little easy. I wanted to make mental health easier access for people. And yes. not so formal, like to have to go into the therapist's office. So I say, I'll meet you anywhere, anytime, and let's just talk. And take, I think, take the stigma of, of therapy away. Yeah, we're not getting shrunken. That is correct. <laughs> there is no shrinking. That day is There's past. only growth. So well, I focus on personal growth and wellness specifically became my... Uh, I guess my um, expertise areas. And you were doing wellness before it was in fashion. Yes, I was. <laughs> no one knew what you were talking I, I, about. I was considered probably woo-woo a little bit, you know, <laughs> a little out on the limb like Shirley MacLaine, if anyone remembers that. But um, when I was president of the Texas Counseling Association, I was drawn to this concept called wellness, and I went to a national convention, the American Counseling Association, and their keynote address was on wellness. And I sneaked out of a meeting I had to be in and ran in there. <laughs> and, and I just knew this is where I want to put my time, my energy. And um, so I, in t the year I was president, I did my, uh, my theme was winning with wellness. Oh, that's great. And this was in the 90s, probably. And um, the wellness was, again, helping school counselors understand what wellness really is and practice it themselves so they become better role models for their clientele, their students, and their parents, and to begin to teach that. So that's kind of where it started. And you have finally written a book. 
Yes. Based on all your years of doing this. Okay, so I have the book here. Uh-huh. Very, very excited. Gently Down the Stream by Molly Behannon. It's beautiful. I've read it. Um, and it has lessons. We have a theme, a, a nature theme, right? Nope, not exactly. Let's so have a, let me, the picture. Yeah. Let me just kind of show the picture. Um, tell you the concept of the book, okay? That's a beautiful picture. Yeah, this is so. Thank you, Trey. Um, going back to when I was, you know, doing working with counselors, I would do a lot of workshops. Okay, that's another part of my expertise. I was a ropes course trainer, so I would incorporate experiential learning in my workshops and presentations on wellness. And that one of the, I was in uh, El Paso and I had about a hundred school counselors in a room and I was doing this activity, which was just a, a, a mixer, you know, an energy thing. It's called people to people and you touch body, like hand to hand, shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, et cetera. And they're moving around the room, change and uh, changing partners. And at some point I just said bottom of foot to bottom of foot. And they all went, how do we do that? And they all sat down on the floor, you know, and put their feet together. And I said, oh, since y'all are sitting there, let's do a physical thing and stretch. So I had them take each other's hands, kind of like you're doing this. And they were going, doing this. Okay. So I, and this was totally random. And this is why this, I'm going to tell this, because it's in the beginning of the book that I tell why I did this book. So they look like they're rowing a boat. So I said, okay, let's start singing. Yeah. So we did. So we did row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. And as we did that, I looked at them. I said, you notice in that little song, it doesn't say row like heck upstream. It says gently down the stream. And so they were sitting on the floor, and I said, let's talk about that. What keeps your all's boats from going gently down the stream? And I was talking more about their work environment because it's very stressful. Yes. As a, as a school counselor when you have 1,200 kids and you're by yourself. And so they started giving me all the reasons that their boat didn't go gently down the stream. And it was everything from there's a hole in my boat to I have too many people in my boat to I'm trying to beat somebody else's boat to I don't even know where my boat's going. <laughs> and so the list began. And so as I also, at the end of every workshop, people would always come up to me and say, do you have a book that reminds us of this? So 20 years later, I finally <laughs> said, yeah, I now have a book that reminds you of this. So the, that is why the title is Gently Down the Stream, and it's basically 10 rowing tips to help you have a healthy, balanced, more peaceful journey. And these are the kind of the top 10 things that as a mental health professional I have determined are pretty much the bottom line if we do these things we're going to be in good shape and it is about it does focus on wellness and what that is and the balance in our lives okay so you and i are saying wellness and balance and we know what we think we mean but some people listening may not know so what does that oh, mean thank you for that question uh if i had a group of people here right now in the audience um <laughs> If I say, what is wellness, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Physical, probably. That is usually the answer. And so, uh, and well, and physical is one part of it. 
So this is when I want to take that moment to help explain what wellness truly is. And we actually, in the Texas Counseling Association, have a definition that we use that I promoted and now is used to, as you know, this is what it means. And basically, it's understanding that everything you think, everything you feel, everything you do, and everything you believe has an impact on your overall well-being. So there's four aspects. We call it dimensions or aspects. You have a physical dimension, you have an emotional, you have a spiritual, and you have an intellectual. And then understanding what those are, um, I can kind of briefly tell you that if it's it. So physical is rather, rather obvious, but not totally. So physical takes on, of course, uh, what you eat, how you move, but it's also about taking care of your body, you know, prevention, mm -hmm. um, going to the dentist, you know, having doing things. Uh, which some people take better care of their car than they do their bodies, <laughs> you know. The car rattles, let's get it fixed. The body rattles, we go, eh, I don't want to deal with that. Yes. So it's being in your body and listening to your body and understanding your body. And things like, I don't know, putting on your seatbelt. I mean, just, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the physical aspect. The intellectual aspect really has to do with our thoughts, uh, our belief systems. So everything that goes on, it's not about being smart. It's about using our mind, you know, in a rational way and taking care. But it's also broadening your mind, learning new things, going to a workshop, learning new cultural things. All would it include keeping your mind alive? Would it include like you hear you should do crossword puzzle to help not have Alzheimer's? Would yeah. that fall into that, or is that more the physical? Maybe both. It can be both, mm -hmm. but but I think just yes, I think it's keeping your mind active. Mm -hmm. um, the which one have I done? Emotional. Yeah, so you need aspects. emotional and okay. spiritual. Emotional in my opinion, is probably the most important and the least paid attention to. As a therapist, um, I would say the most difficult thing is to get people to process their feelings effectively. But it's uh, our emotional is listening to our feelings, having a way to talk about them, understanding them. Uh, you know, I always tell people if you want to know what's true for you, go to how you feel about it, mm. not how you think about it. You know, I think historically we thought there were like three emotions, maybe two, happy, sad. And then one benefit of the emoji world is if you look at all the That's emojis true. on your phone, it shows you there's more than two emotions. That's right. I, ha I used to have a chart on my uh, coffee table at the office and people say, I don't know how I feel. I said, well, here. And there's like a hundred on there. And they're little pictures of the feeling. I said, emojis look. before I, emojis exactly were cool. right. I said, you look angry. And they go, you know, and they go, oh, well, I probably am. So, again, your body reflects your emotional self, too. One of the, one of the uh, recommendations I would have for a lot of my clients who had trouble getting out of their head was to do something like massage therapy or, you know, that's physical. It takes them totally out of, of their head. Dancing is good. Mm -hmm. Dancing is great. Because you have to think about the steps so you can't think about your worries. There is a physical aspect, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
The last aspect is, and I'm kind of simplifying these, but the last aspect is the spiritual aspect. And this one, um, it doesn't, I have to be very specific with this one, it doesn't have to do with religion. It can. But our physical aspect is more who we are, who we want to be, more your value system, what do I believe in, what matters, how do I want to be as a person. Um, caring, having compassion for others as well as yourself and um, honoring those things. So when you take those four components, it's called holistic basically and most mm -hmm. people have heard that. So when a client comes in with me, I immediately go to what's missing and I look at those four quadrants and I have that chart in my, when I do this, it's because I do this thing with four quadrants and a pie. Mm -hmm. and a, okay, mm -hmm. you need to be working more on the emotional aspect. Or where's the balance? It's really about balance. So It's easy all, to get out of balance. Yes, it is. <laughs> so you have those four components. And if you just take the time to see that you're bringing all of those into your world, uh, you will stay balanced and it helps us stay healthy because of the deal, the negative energy is what affects us physically and causes depression and well, go back to feelings. Emotions held in are going to cause either blow up and have panic and anxiety attack because it's accumulation of all the feelings not dealt with or you're going to implode and be depressed. And the way out is going to be to deal with the feelings, okay? So when it, when I look at a person that's obviously, if they come into the therapy, they probably have a lot of emotional stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure the other aspects are, are being looked at every day because they're caught up. If it's a divorce, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot going on. So I have to, we sit down and say, what are you doing for yourself every day? How are you dealing with yourself emotionally, physically, intellectually, and spiritually? So it helps not be all over the place over here and helps us come back into balance so we can manage our lives better. Sometimes when people come to me, they're so upset that I just try to take them back to basics and say, are you sleeping? Correct. Are you eating? Are you breathing? I'm right. I'm watching you not breathe. You're holding your breath. You exactly. know, That's and right. the body will totally show what's <laughs> going on with you. Right. And get back to basics. Cause we can't, we can't get from our emotional state into maybe our business brain. You know, for my purpose, no, sometimes can't. I need them to be able to do that if their basics aren't taken care of, you know. That's right. The other is you don't want to add anything to your plate that's going to cause more emotional stuff. So we can go on a simpler. If you're in, let's say, getting your doctorate, you're going to be very much in the intellectual field. Mm -hmm. You don't need any more of that. <laughs> don't, don't learn anything else. Don't read one more book. Get over here and row your boat. Go, to, go <laughs> take a dance lesson. Go to, the, go to nature. <laughs> you know, nature in the... You, uh, yes, there's a lot of nature in the book because I think it is the best balancer for me personally. Me too. When I'm out of balance, I go to the woods. And that just, you know... But, every, but I help people figure out where that is. And you can do it in your backyard. You don't have to go to the woods. So. I have a beautiful uh, backyard and front yard. I mm -hmm. love nature, and as you know, I go to Broken Bow a lot, yep. and I physically feel better. Like, the mm -hmm. minute I drive into the piney woods... Don't you? You feel the whole... I 
physically feel myself. And I, I told my husband, maybe the trees are giving off more oxygen. Like maybe it's really a physical there's, science. There's no, no, reason. there's serenity in nature. It became church for me on some level because it's just simple, predictable, you know, positive energy out there mm -hmm. in the woods most of the time. Well, and it's such, if you are religious, which I am, um, it's such the, a gift from God. Exactly. And Serenity, to see nature. nature, how do you, you think all that just happened by magic? You know what I mean? So for me, it's a spiritual experience to say, oh my gosh, look at all the different types of trees, all the different types of flowers, all the different types of birds. Which is perfect. So when you need your spiritual aspect, you can go to the woods. Yes. Not just a church. I mean, that's why I yes. people, you don't have to be, it's being mindful of what's out of balance and knowing, you know, some of the steps to take. And that's kind of where the book comes in. So when I did this, the other thing, having been a mental health professional for most of my adult life, I wanted it to be very simple because that's the other thing. It's, you know, what most people say, what can I, when you're sitting there having panic and anxiety and I'm working with you, I want to give you something that you can go home and have relief right then and there. Yes. And there's some just basic things that can be done. One you just said, breathe. <laughs> go home, sit down, take some breaths, etc. So each rowing tip addresses those particular things. Let's talk about the photography in the book. Okay. It's so beautiful. Oh, how did that come about? Well... <clears throat> When I decided to do this book, after resisting and resisting, I had two folks that helped me, um, both of whom had been clients of mine years ago. One when she was in her 20s, came back when she's in her 30s, and now she's in her 50s, and she helped me really get the book together. Her name is, is Stephanie. Barbara Davidson is a, a client of mine, a friend, actually, who is a... Pulitzer Prize winning photojournalist and I love her work and I just I told Stephanie I said I really want Barbara to do the pictures in this book but I don't know if she will but she said of course I will but I don't I just want to do it on a personal level not a professional level and I said great so she had the rowing tips and she went to a state park she lives in California so she went to a national park and spent the weekend taking all these photographs and she picked each one of these pictures represented her, I guess, what she felt when she read the rowing tip, that picture matched for her the emotional connection in nature. Oh, how special. I know. It just and it was it, it was very touching for her to want to do that. Yes. So, for me. So that's the picture on the front she did and um, all the rest. That is a great yeah. and and she understands wellness and the concept. That was the other, for me, kind of heartwarming that she, after all the years since we've worked together, she applies those concepts today. And so it's, it's you know, it's very important for us all. Rowing tip number one is to take care of your boat. So the very first chapter in the book talks about wellness, what it is. That if you don't take care of this, because a lot of people feel guilty if they 
put themselves first or take care of that, but that's the key. The key to wellness, by the way, is also foundation of wellness is self-responsibility and self-love and understanding what those mean. So there's a, there's a whole piece on that in there as well. So what you talked about um, is sometimes people feel bad to take care of themselves. I think of it kind of like the airplane where they say put the oxygen mask Absolutely. on yourself first. Absolutely. We're no good to anyone else. If we can't, if we're not in a good enough place. So we do need to take care of ourselves. The rest isn't, I mean, that's what's number one. If you ain't in good shape, then the rest doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but it's also, uh, I spent a lot of time helping under, people understand what self-love means. And so even on a spiritual level, each of us, everybody, is a divine creation, everything. So I look at him, I said, so help me understand how you're going to take care of everyone else, but not your divine self. I think that's a little not so good, right? And they'll go, no, no, you're right. So, but you got to understand that. What does that mean? And it's, it, it goes back to loving yourself. Well, if you want to quote Bible stuff, I mean, you know, I, I use everybody's, whatever their religious beliefs are, uh, it says love thy neighbor as thyself. It doesn't say it an opposite, you know. Right. But we as a culture are very good at guilting people <laughs> for taking care of themselves because that requires setting boundaries, saying no sometimes, getting some people off your boat that aren't good for you. And that's those are hard decisions. Mm -hmm. But then you have to ask, why am I doing this to myself when it's making me sick or mentally ill? And that's understanding the balance of that. And you don't have to wait to go to a life coach or a counselor or a therapist until you're in a crisis, right? Oh, absolutely. That's why I wanted prevention. Yes. yes. These are skill, life skills, right? It's not and we major don't, we're therapy. We're not just born knowing what to no. do. We have to sometimes get a little education. Mm -hmm. So, Or good uh, role modeling. You know, yes. If we grow up with someone that operates from a wellness perspective we we don't have a problem with it so that's the other reason i want people like yourself to role model what you know works mm -hmm. you know? and then kids go oh you did it i guess i can do it right <laughs> i always think about with my own children who are now adults i always wanted to provide them with tools and one tool would be hey there's times when it's helpful to get some life coaching you yeah. know, and you don't have to wait until you're in a crisis to do that. I think, I think we have less of a stigma now about going to counseling than we used to. We do, but there's probably still some people who say, "Oh, you don't go share your dirty laundry with someone." Oh, and we also have that. And I was guilty of this when I went to graduate school. I probably wouldn't have done therapy if I hadn't learned how to do one, be one, <laughs> because I was one of those I can do it myself. Right? <clears throat> and we can't. You know, we need some people with us. And that's why with the, in the mental health world, I, ha I ask the counselors, who's there for you? We're, we're kind of like parents, same deal. You're pulling people upstairs all day long, a school teacher, a, any person that's, you know, working with people all day. Who's, who's on your team and who's helping you? And that's when I got my own massage therapist, my own counselor, you know, my own life coach, because I need not just family systems, they're good too, but, you know, sometimes they 
they're the ones that can guilt us or tell us to get over it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why you want the objective mm. party in your life from time to time. And I, there's something about just getting it out of your head. Like mm -hmm. if you are dealing with something difficult or you're stressed and it's whirling around in your brain, there's something about telling it to an objective person who you, it's not your mom, it's not your sister, it's not someone who has their own agenda mm -hmm. that you have to worry about them. Correct. It's an objective person that you are paying that doesn't care. I mean, I don't mean that, you know what I mean? But it doesn't affect their life. <laughs> no. They just are there to help you. You can say it freely to that person. And then just saying it, getting it out of your brain. Absolutely. There's something miraculous and about that. And they'll even say it. All my clients to this day go, I just need to talk. And then they say, isn't that weird when I say it out loud, I don't feel the same way. Yeah, when we keep that stuff up in our head, we're not real rational. And then mm -hmm. we start talking about it, we go, I can't believe I even thought that. You know, <laughs> there's something about hearing your own voice that is very important and in an emotionally safe environment. And I wonder if journaling, you know, I know journaling is recommended and popular. I wonder if it's a similar, I've never been a journaler, really. No, it's very healthy. It's the same it's thing, the same right? It's a way to get clients, it out. You just need to get it out. I don't yes. care how you do it. Scream and yell and shout, go yes. punch bags, say what you need to say, or write. There's, you know, you don't have to read it. You don't have to tear it up afterwards. Yeah. But I promise you, it's like a pressure cooker. If it doesn't come out, be it up here or down here, it's going to explode mm -hmm. or be careful one of my uh, it will come out another tips, way that is correct <laughs> uh ulcers you know <laughs> but one of my rowing tips i was trying to think what i was just going to say there about oh it's about um having positive thoughts so a lot of the work too is being aware of what you're thinking are you scaring yourself to death every day with your thoughts which will create a panic attack you know, and they go, oh, I'm not even aware of what I'm thinking. And then when I have them doing positive, like, okay, every day you need to say I'm safe and secure, they start noticing the other thoughts that they have all the time. But it's a habit. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're creatures of habit. We've been thinking the same thing. We just aren't aware of it. Yeah, I've read that. So that's, there's... The other, sorry, just, so that's the other value of talking because it helps you, um, you know, realize how much negative thinking you're doing. Yes, and replacing it. Correct. I've read that there's even scientific research that if you do a gratitude journal, for example, I have done that type of journaling before where every day you write down three it's things one of the best. you're grateful for, and they have to be different than the three others that you wrote down yesterday. Mm -hmm. So you're not just repeating the same three well, every day. You can, because uh, you cannot be depressed and grateful at the same time. It won't happen. So the minute someone's down, I said, will not you just tell me three things they're feeling good about now? And they'll go, uh. But the minute they do, their energy shifts. My husband and I did a gratitude journal for like, I don't know, a year and a half. It was hysterical. And we had the rule, you can never say the same thing. Okay. And the very first, I, I look back at it and laugh so hard. The very first day I was like, okay, what are you grateful for? And he was like, monkeys. <laughs> of course. Everyone loves a good monkey. monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it was... Humors are great. <laughs> yes, yes. That'll we laugh. laugh a lot. Uh, but 
I did think that was a good exercise mm -hmm. and it was fun. I mean, we had fun with it. You could look back and see, oh, you know, look at all the things that there are to be grateful for. It's a good way to end the day too. Yes. So I know when you, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who's one of my mentors said this so well one time and it's, this could be a great tip. It's not yes. particularly one of mine, but be careful what you contemplate. So he start. He tells the story. He's a great storyteller. But when he was 18, and joined the Navy, he went. He said, "I was walking toward this big old aircraft carrier," and he says, "I'm sitting there thinking, how in the world is that floating? You know, it's got <laughs> airplanes on it and thousand people." He says, "Well, clearly, that did not happen by the person who created a boat by contemplating the sinking of things." <laughs> And they said, just like the Wright brothers did not create their bone, but contemplating the staying on the ground of things. I mean, it's just so great. He, and every, and this is true, everything that's created starts with a thought. So he says, you might want to really consider what you go to sleep contemplating because mm -hmm. it will manifest. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do, what do you want to simmer overnight? Mm -hmm. So I used to do that one with clients before you go to bed. Think of something you're grateful for for the day or something good that happened this day. Not, oh, my God, what I'm going to do tomorrow and all that stuff. Because you fall asleep with that. Oh, that's good. And then it then it manifests physically. That's why people have so much stress and, you know, back aches and all those yes. things. Yes. Lisa and I, my law partner, we work with a business coach. And every time we meet with him, the first thing he asks, well, first he says, is there anything you want to express? So it's kind of what you would call a feeling, feeling check. check. Mm -hmm. So we get to express that. And then, and he's not a mental health professional. He went to MIT. Like yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a business person. Yeah. He's a math person, really. But he says that. And then he says, um, what was a success from this week? Mm -hmm. So we always start with that. And so I'm always looking back at the week and thinking, oh, what went right? right. Exactly. So that's a positive mm -hmm positive energy framework right so that is helpful well i think that people think nothing about going to the doctor for a physical every year and they should do that right that's part of the balance mm -hmm. of all prevention this. exactly but nobody thinks oh i shouldn't go to the doctor nothing's wrong with me right and that's where the mental health that's where people need to have a paradigm shift is you can go see a life coach or a therapist without having your already need to go to the hospital because you're having that such right. Part of, <laughs> a yes, mental health I, breakdown. I totally 100%. Thank goodness the world has agreed with this. Back when I started my wellness journey, it it was a no-brainer to me, the mind-body connection. I mean, I didn't need to research that. It just seems like, <laughs> of course, what happens here affects here, vice versa. So when I say mm -hmm. holistic, mm -hmm. it's kind of like with the – your business or your, as I mentioned to the firm before, when I work with companies, what affects the individuals in the company affects the company. What the company's energy is affects the individuals. You can't separate them out. Mm -hmm. So you, when all are happy and just like in a marriage, when, when one's off, the relationship's off, mm -hmm. you know, when both are together and have, you know, well, then the relationship is well. So one thing you have done for us, and I know for others, is team building or helping in a business culture. Talk a little bit about that. 
Well, I think it's the same way working with an individual. I love to work with environments and make them healthier. So what makes a healthy work environment? Positive energy, reinforcing, uh, setting boundaries. You know, it's the same, really the same aspect to me uh, as an individual. So I just help businesses look at what's missing. Is it a safe emotional emotionally safe place for people can I come to you the boss and say I'm not happy or I'm or am I afraid to talk is there gossip going on is all of that stuff but the more we know each other the safer the environment so a lot of my work is to bring people together so they have a trust level with with you know to work within mm -hmm. and, and I've been reinforcing them uh, so they feel good about what they do mm -hmm. well and the longer uh, uh, that you want to, in a business, you want to keep people a long time, right? If they're good, you right. want to keep the people. So if we can have an environment that is more pleasant to work in because we're having somebody like you come in, that makes sense from a business standpoint. Well, you, you know? can't separate it out. What happens in their private life is going to affect their work environment mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, people just want to ignore that. Well, no, if you're going through a divorce, you're not going to be great at work every mm -hmm. day. But... That doesn't mean you're not going to do your job, but it helps to know that people are on your side. Mm -hmm. I remember one time I was asked, there was this book, it's going to be like 100 successful women in Texas. And I don't, they picked me and I'm going, okay. This is back when I was in the school business. But uh, the question was, how do you define success? And I remember I said, success for me is creating an environment in which you can be totally who you are. So it comes down to authenticity because I'm going to be good if you let me be who I am, you know, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. yep. That's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Well, I know um, as one of the bosses, you know, Lisa and I have the firm and we have maybe 28 employees. I'm sometimes the last to know that something is going on yep. that isn't good, you know, that there's gossip or mm -hmm. some negative interaction between people because people don't want to they don't complain to the boss always and i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> well they're also somewhat intimidated uh, you are the boss right. even if you're not particularly intimidating there's still that yes aren't that comfortable with running into the boss yes mm -hmm. so uh, at our firm people everyone knows they can call you mm -hmm. if they have an issue yeah. and just try to resolve it, you know, without having to come and that to us. It goes sometimes. back to what you said. I did that recently with someone in your firm and all it took was a conversation. We didn't I didn't fix it. I didn't and the next day she says, Oh much better. That was just really cool. And it was a perfect example of just get it off your chest. And no yes. one judged you and nobody's gonna fire you. And if you tell me what you, tell me tomorrow what you'd like to do about this, think about it and it helps, and and I so appreciate that you do that for your your employees. Yeah, well, it it's rare. Not every <laughs> not every company. Well, I think will either do that. some companies don't know to do it; they don't no, think about true. it, or they think it's an expense that they can't afford. But in truth, it's not that expensive, and it will actually help oh, you. The results, the same. It'll yeah. help your bottom line because people will stay longer. They'll be happier. You'll have less drama. You'll have less turnover. Training someone is expensive. So every time we have turnover, mm -hmm. that costs us a lot of money. So if you can keep your good people because you can just invest a little bit yep. at the company level and mental health, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's a tip we can give our listeners of something they could do 
they need an action item to well, improve their improve, <laughs> <laughs> improve their mental and, and their wellness, improve their wellness and their balance. Okay, I sort of meant you know the first one I said was take care of your boat, which is yes. Good. I I would say probably the number one tip besides self love and self care is be present in your boat. So present moment living is one of the healthiest things we can do. And it's, so because I specialize in anxiety and panic, that's one of the tenets, you know, that I operate from. So what happens when a person is anxious is because they're futurizing, okay? So if you and I sit here and go, oh my God, next week this is gonna happen and what if that happens? And we start the what ifs and the what ifs and the what ifs, the body automatically goes into fear. And I, I think I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this because some people don't remember. We are given this thing when we come to the planet called the autonomic nervous system, which is the fight or flight syndrome. The, it doesn't distinguish between real fear, I mean, real threat or not real threat. If you say to yourself, oh my God, everybody's going to hate me because I haven't washed the clothes today. And the body hears, oh my God, they're, they're going to hate me. And what if 20 years from now, I don't have enough money to retire and <laughs> I'm going to be under the bridge and I'm, you know. So the body, it's like watching a horror movie. It will go into a fight or flight mode. It gets with out of just hand. Just the words, what if, sets the body like this. Mm -hmm. So I work with people. Get what if, that's another one. Get what ifs out of your vocabulary. But, and the, and the flip side is when I think about the past all the time. So you got fear over here of the future, and then you got guilt over here of the past, neither of which are productive in any way, shape, or form and hurt the body. Now, plan for the future as best you can, if, you know, mm -hmm. with what you know mm -hmm. and what you have, mm -hmm. but don't live in the future. Mm -hmm. Past is the same way. Can't Learn. fix it. Learn from the past. Change your behavior if you feel guilty. Guilt's purpose is to tell us we're not perfect and it's time to change and grow. That's it. You don't need to, you know, <laughs> suffer long don't wallow in it beyond time that. because it's not productive. Mm -hmm. And I say that at my clients all the time. If that's working for you, just go home and keep feeling guilty <laughs> or criticizing yourself regularly. You've been criticizing yourself for the same thing for 45 years. That's not working. Yeah. You know, so let's try something different. So a lot of my work is just try something different to get a different result. But when we actually get it that the present moment, Louise Hay says it beautifully, the point of power is in the present moment. All you and I can do right now is deal with right now. I don't know what's going to happen when I leave here. I'll deal with that when I get there, right? But right now, I want to be present with you, and I want to hear you and I don't know. Then I'll figure out what to do when I leave. <laughs> but that brings about serenity and the body stays calm. And that's the whole goal is to stay healthy. Um, I'll be 80 this next year, which is just really weird. <laughs> but I get statements all the time of what do you do, you know, to look as healthy as you do? I said, I practice what I preach. Yes. And then they'll say, well, how did you finally learn to set boundaries and say, that's the other tip probably, learn to say no, people. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it took a while because any time 
we change something, we're going to feel somewhat guilty because we're not being that person we thought we ought to be or whatever. And we're going to be a little afraid because we're not sure of the outcome. Mm -hmm. I said, but the minute you do it, you just feel better. It's that when you, mm -hmm. you just know, wow. And then it gets easier and easier. And then you get a new habit. That's a healthy <laughs> habit. You know, but it is. It's being mindful of your body, your mind, and your spirit every day. Molly, it's been so great to have you here. Yes. Those are great life lessons. Oh, fun. So we're going to put on the screen how people can find you. Okay. We'll give them your email address. And they can find you if they'd like some life coaching in the DFW area. Mm -hmm. Or if they'd like to purchase your book, mm -hmm. they can contact you directly for Gently Down the Stream by Molly Behannon. Yes, and I did, I did do this as a coffee table book for a reason. I just wanted it to be simple and people pick it up and read something and go about their business <laughs> just with that one tip. So thank you so much for, for great questions and helping me spread the message about wellness. It's a pleasure. Thanks. And now our tip for the day. So it's important for all of us to try to stay well. And when we think about wellness, we often only think about our physical wellness. And it's really more pieces than that. We have our emotional wellness, our intellectual wellness, our physical wellness, and um, spiritual. spiritual wellness. So... Keep all of those in balance, and that's easy to say and not easy to do, but be aware when you get one of them out of balance to put a little bit more resource towards that, and you could get life coaching to help you, counseling to help you, to identify those things, just like you would go get your annual physical, to just stay on the right path and listen to your body, because it will tell you a lot, mm -hmm. and that is the tip for the day.